should sing it one time. <laughs> this week we're continuing this series as of half-baked ideas, and just to remind us uh, where we've been with this series. So our first week we heard God will never give you more than you can handle, and we know the truth is some people do face more than they can handle, and besides that. God does not send us hard things, push us all the way to the breaking, but then save us just before we fall over the edge. Uh, the second week we talked about love the sin, hate the, love the sinner, hate the sin. Maybe it's love the sin, I don't know. Right? Uh, and um, this is almost always used as a weapon against the LGBT community. Sin is whatever separates us from God. I can know what that is for me, but I can never be sure what it is for someone else. So how about hate your sin, and let's focus on loving each other. And uh, last week was the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Now it reminded us that the Bible is an amazing, sacred text, inspired by God, the cornerstone of our faith, but it's 66 books written by many different authors over 1,500 years for many different audiences in many different contexts for many different purposes. We must understand the historical context, cultural context in which passages were written and understood and apply reason, tradition, and experience. If you hold a high view of scripture saying anything like the Bible says that I believe it, that settles it, reduces its power, and makes it something it's not. And today, we're going to take on a new one. God helps those who help themselves. And in celebration that all the schools are out, I'm going to give us a quiz. Now, it's a true-false quiz, uh, and so uh, I always like true-false quizzes because then I got a 50% chance of being right. So uh, let's, let's jump in. So... <laughs> this half-baked idea, God helps those who help themselves, true or false, that 75% of the people in the United States believe God helps those who help themselves is in the Bible. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. It is true. It is true. Okay, here comes the next one. God helps those who help themselves is found in the Bible, in Hezekiah 6.1. <laughs> True or false? Yeah. It is false. But you know, if I was going to come up with a new book of the Bible, I think Hezekiah is a great name. <laughs> like when I first read that, I thought, Hezekiah, Hezekiah. No, no. <laughs> okay. Here we go right on. See, God helps those who help themselves isn't even in the Bible. That's just a little clue now. Okay, so the third one. God helps those who help themselves is a sentiment in ancient Greek mythology. True or false? Ooh, this one's a little tougher. Okay, get ready. Ding, 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 it's true. In fact, some authors even suggest it's a part of some of the Hercules myths. But in that, that sentiment's found in ancient Greek, the, uh, ancient Greek mythology. Okay, here we go on. A little more current. 
God helps those who help themselves, is attributed to Benjamin Franklin, quoted in Poor Richard's Almanac in 1757. True or false? Oh, good, this is great. Ding, 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 it is true. It is found in Poor Richard's Almanac. In fact, if you search this statement, a lot of the writers will say, Benjamin Franklin was the first to say this, which isn't true, but this, he did write it in Poor Richard's Almanac. Okay, the final one, I saved the best for last. God helps those who help themselves is a common justification used by car thieves, <laughs> and hedge fund managers. <laughs> well,
And of course, there is one other uh, aside, and that is, you know, it's, it's physically impossible to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Stephen Colbert said that, that he saw it happen one time in Circus Soleil, and it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, we can't. Can this, this idea is also so appealing to us because we believe people are responsible for themselves and their life journey. Again, there is truth in this belief. Ultimately, you and I are responsible for what we do and the decisions we make with our lives. But every one of us are a part of an intertwined web of relationships, encounters, responsibilities, and life circumstances within and beyond our control, which shape the choices we have and the decisions we make. And finally, I have to say, God helps those who help themselves is used at times to move ourselves away from this truth that we're connected with everyone else it's used to distance ourselves from our relationships and responsibilities with others. It can be used to justify indifference, callousness, and ignorance. You know, well, you know, God helps those to help themselves, so they should help themselves. So, what does the Bible say about this? Well, as I've already let you know, it's not, this phrase is not in the Bible. And it's not a sentiment. You have to really do some gymnastics to find this sentiment in the Bible. It's just, it's not there. But throughout the scriptures, there are some themes about God's help. And I want to share from Psalm 121 one of those themes. I raised my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. God won't let your foot slip. Your protector won't fall asleep on the job. No, Israel's protector never sleeps or rests. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade right beside you. The sun won't strike you during the day, neither will the moon at night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. God will protect your very life. The Lord will protect you on your journeys, whether going or coming from now until forevermore. That doesn't sound like God helps those who help themselves. It sounds like God helps. God helps. God helps those who need. God helps those in need. I, I want to, some of you may have heard the story about the flood. There was this massive flood that came into this town. It was like one of those hundred year floods. And it came into the town and there happened to live in this town a fellow who was very devout. And he believed that God would help him. And so when the water rose up his front yard and, and came in his front door, his neighbor came paddling by in a canoe and said, hey, get in. I'll take you to dry ground. And he said, no, 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 I believe in God. God will help me. God will save me. And sent him on. Well, the water kept rising. In fact, it filled his first floor of his house. And he went up to the second floor. And, and he was in the second floor bedroom looking out the window. And one of those boats that the fire department has came 
chugging by, and they stopped. They said, get in, get in. I'll take you to high ground. And he said, no, 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 I believe in God. God will help me. God will save me. And he sent him on. Well, the water kept rising. And pretty soon he had to climb out onto the roof. And he's on the roof. And one of those uh, helicopters that uh, the Coast Guard uses came in. And, and they yelled down to him, come on up. We'll give you a ride to, to dry ground. And he yelled back, I believe in God. God will help me. God will save me. And sent him on. The water kept rising. Covered the roof. Covered him. So when he got to heaven, he said to God, Hey, what is this? I believed in you. I believed you'd help me and you'd save me. And God said, I sent a canoe. I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter. Why didn't you get in? There's this thing about God's help. You see, it's not imposed on us. That's one part. And the other is we participate in God's help. It's not that we wait around for God to do something to us. Rather, we're invited to be a part of that. It, it takes our participation with it. It's not a matter of just sitting around. Now, there was a time in my spiritual journey when I entertained the concept of the vending machine God. You, you may know this. It kind of works like this. If I have the right spiritual currency, I can put it into the vending machine. I can pray enough. I can believe. I can read the Bible enough. I can go to worship enough. I can give enough. I can do enough good things that when I press the button, I'll get out what I wanted. If I do the right thing, I'll get from God what I wanted from God. When I first thought about this story, it was you pulled a lever, but you know we're beyond the lever vending machines now. So. The thing is, it didn't work for me. You know, my, my relationship with the vending machine and spiritual currency was more like a slot machine. Not that I have a lot of experience with slot machines. But I never hit the jackpot. It didn't work. I put in and put in, and nothing would, it wouldn't come out what I wanted. And, and uh, it left me with two possible answers. One, uh, God was unreliable. Or two, there was something wrong with me and what I was doing. I, I tended to believe the second one, but I learned over time that it was neither. God is in a vending machine. God's help comes to us. And it comes in the best way that we need it, often not what I want, or the way I exactly want it. The guy in the flood was waiting for exactly what he wanted, which I think was a hand from heaven to come down, and missed all the help that God was offering to him. So too uh, for us. I can't manipulate God to do what I want, but I can trust that God will be there for me. Another facet to this, God helps those in need, is that God's help comes to us often when we're willing to recognize we need the help. 
It's when we reach that point when we know we can't help ourselves, when we've exhausted all of our resources and can say, I need something bigger than me, someone bigger than me to help. I am no longer capable. I can't do this on my own. And that place often opens us up to most clearly receive God's presence and the help that God has to offer us in the way that we need it. God helps those in need. God also helps those who help others. God uses people like you and me to help. We get to participate in God's care for others. It's a privilege and makes for an exciting life when we do that. We share in that work. Now, again, the witness of the scriptures, particularly Jesus' words, makes it clear that helping others is not an option. It's a requirement. We're not spectators of God's work as much as we are participants in God's work together. And the judgment story in the gospel is when did I see you hungry and naked, a stranger in prison? And it's when you did it for, for another that you did it for me. That's a requirement that we have from Jesus. And sometimes we get to participate in God's help and God's goodness and not even know that that's what we're doing. I want to tell you about Luis. Luis was a victim in the Orlando nightclub massacre. Now his grandmother was flying on JetBlue to attend his funeral. And the attendants realized who she was and she was going for this and they were taking really, really good care of her. They helped her to her seat and got her into the drink and tissues and but they wanted to do something more. So as they were servicing the cabin, they began passing out slips of paper to people, inviting them to write just a word of, of support, condolence for her. People began taking sheets of paper and writing whole sheets of words of sympathy and condolence and encouragement. When the plane landed in Orlando, it was, a, it was a short flight, an hour, an hour and a half. When they landed in Orlando, instead of the traditional, let me be the first to welcome you to Orlando, they said, we stand with Orlando. And with the grandmother's permission, they had a moment of silence for her grandson, for all the victims and all their families. When they got off the plane, before anyone disembarked, every one of them stopped and spoke to her, a word of sympathy touched her, expressed in some way their standing with her. Every single person on the plane, and no one complained about how long it was taking to get off the plane. God helps those who help others. God helps those in need. That entire plane load of strangers became agents of God's helping. 
someone in need. And, and I would remind us that God helps because God loves. God's love is bigger than we can imagine. It is extravagant. It is uh, reckless. It is far more than we can even fully comprehend. And yet, it is that love that motivates God to help those in need. It's that love that pushes us to help it's a remarkable gift for us to journey with God in this way. God loves this creation and everyone in it so deeply. So, God helps those who help themselves? Probably. But God helps those in need. God helps those who help others. God helps because God loves. Those aren't 